Hi there uh, to everybody watching. Welcome to the live match reaction pod where Rangers have defeated Livingston 3-0 away from home. Um, before I introduce my guests, just want to say as always, if you haven't already, just remember, give us a like and subscribe in all the normal places. But uh, we've got a couple of de- guests. I did think, I used to think Dave was quite far away from me once upon a time, but um, he's not now. How are you doing today, Dave? I not too bad, mate. Um, three points always nice and I... Probably, probably a walk around the road, but compared to our other guest, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got the Texas Ranger back on again. How are you doing, Craig? Very well, mate. Thanks for having me on again. How are you? Yeah, it's always good when when Rangers have of won. Um, I would, I like an early kick off, but uh, I suppose it must be nice for you starting your day off <laughs> by lunchtime. I'm still having my morning coffee, so there you go. Oh, it's different gravy. Um, look, Dave, I'll, I'll start with you first. Um, we'll just get straight into it. Uh, we'll talk about the Rangers lineup. Uh, Rangers lined up with McGregor, Tavit right back, Goldson, Ben Davis, Barisic, Kamara, Raskin, uh, Fashion Zakala, Cantwell, and Kent and Morelos up top. Um, couple of observations. I don't think there was too many surprises given the manager's press conference a couple of days, other than other than the omission of of Tillman. But for me, this is this is the first time since Bill sort of came in where, where I've looked and looked at the bench and maybe thought mm, maybe a wee bit light in the bench. I agreed. Um, I think the fact that two young lads were there told you everything. Um, especially Lovelace, if I'm being honest, Rice potentially a wee bit further away from the first team people might have thought but the converse of that is you already had Chulak, you had Roof on the bench putting Lovelace as well there's no way all three of them are coming on and you know the manager's going to be trying to get some minutes into Roof and Chulak ahead of next weekend so yeah I think there was a bit of a kind of we'll just top it up from the youth team field towards that yeah, and same question to you, Craig. I mean, I, I, it was immediately obvious that there was no Tillman, no Lundstrom and, and no Jack involved today. I think the manager said hopefully the weekend off helps him to be available for next week, but it's by no means certain in this moment in time, which um, before the game had had me a wee bit worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have the numbers to cover it now, you know. Um, I think with Cantwell and Raskin coming in, I think we'd be disappointed. We didn't see them starting. You know, Michael Beale said he wanted players to come in and hit the ground running. And I think they've done exactly that. I'm sure we'll get into it. But um, I, um, you know, let Jack and Lundstrom um, get fit and up to speed. But I, th- I think they've got a jersey to earn again, if you're asking me. Yeah, 100%. It's um, it's what we've all been crying out for, I think, for, for a long time this season as a, as a bit of competition for, for places. And I think with the introduction of, of uh, Cantwell and Raskin, who we'll all both discuss, um, yeah, I think that's certainly changed. Um, I'll stick with you, Craig. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll say it straight off the bat. I found it a bit difficult. That there was chances were few and far between, I think, throughout the whole game. But we'll, we'll try and pick apart a few. Um, the sort of first... Five minutes. I thought that that, that Rangers were well, the first real chance. I should say it was Rangers had had a corner. It was a play between um, Ben Davis, who found himself high up the pitch, Cantwell and Tav, which resulted in in Tav having a having a good shot from outside the box. And this is the way I thought the whole the whole game was 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 going to go. I thought oh, this is going to be. Is this the game that Rangers decide just to pepper the 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 um, Livingston goal with shots from outside the box? But how do you felt that Rangers uh, started in the opening five minutes, Craig? I thought we started certainly the brighter team. I think we had all the possession. I think we played the game in Levy's half. Um, I don't mind that from Tav, if I'm being honest. I mean, he's capable of it. And, um, you know, with them flooding the box, you know, you have to try and get the opening goal and get the, the game roll in their favour. So um, it was to be expected. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't mind that from Tav because, uh, as, as I said, I think he's more than capable. Yeah, and and Dave, I'll ask you a, a similar question in terms of the opening ten minutes. Um, I, again, I was very very encouraged by this. We were 
we saw a couple of long balls. We saw a couple of balls out wide. We saw some really good passing, you know, one, two touch stuff between it. And I thought, this is, this is, this is Rangers going to go on. And I mean, I suppose we did dominate the game to an extent, but um, I was just, yeah, it was quite a positive start. And I thought, this is Rangers showing Livingston all the, all the ways that we can attack. <laughs> I, I agreed. Worth noting, I think the first couple of minutes where there was a few mistakes, um, we did look a wee bit sloppy, and I'm not going to lie, I had probably a bit of the fear from that, but it was very quickly we kind of settled in. Uh, I wouldn't say we were dominating them, but we were certainly dominating the ball. We were keeping it, as you say, we were knocking about some nice one-twos. We had a bit of variation in the play, and yeah, I think positive without really doing anything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent agree with you there. I think, I mean, I, I'm sure that is a word that we will use several times throughout this pod as we will describe the performances comfortable because it, it was at the end of the day very comfortable. But you just, I mean, it's Rangers. You've always got that that that, that, that especially that wee, when it was one, eh? Yeah, that wee voice in the in the back of your head saying, "Oh, listen, you know, it's something that still happen here." Um, Dave, I'll stick with you here on, on the next talking point. Nine minutes in, a, a ball is it finds the back of the net. Um, can't actually remember if this was 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 Kent or Cantwell, but it was a lovely ball through to to Morelos, who was just in the left hand side of the eighteen yard box. Who um, something he's he's really added to his game in recent weeks. I've I, I found he's he's been a bit more. Um, selfless in terms of you know willing to find people in the box uh and he, and he picks out fashion Sakala. he heads the ball in the net but but he's offside um I, f- I feel like i said that's quite a lot during the hearts game he's got to be doing a wee bit better here he's just stick back by half a yard and that's us running up in the first 10 minutes i think and um you know i don't want to be harsh to the guy everyone loves Sakala, as do i but i think that goal probably really encapsulates Sakala in a nutshell it was a really good finish, um, but it's incredibly poor for him to be offside for mm-hmm. that goal. Um, there was just no need for it. He could have cut the other side of the defender, cut in front of him. He's got the pace to do it. We all know that. Um, and he could have put himself in the same position without being offside. And yeah, as you alluded to, when you combine that with the amount of times between him and Morelos, they were mm-hmm. offside. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of looking for a wee bit better for your starting players for Rangers. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Craig, the, the next wee point here is, is on 13 minutes. Um, Ryan Kent, I've I seen, I got a bit of a mixed bag in, on social media. I've seen some people frustrated with him. I actually thought it was, was okay in that first half in terms of... Uh, a lot of play went through him. Something that I think that Rangers may have been working on in training is you can see the ball gets fired into him and it's a one touch, it's straight back. He's almost acting as the, the wall player, so to speak. But there was a there was a move here. Um, he played a really, really fantastic ball into Cantwell. Um, and this is perhaps where I started getting a wee bit frustrated that I was like, we must have, we, come on, we've got to score already here. But um, instead of shooting, he played the ball into Sakala um, and he doesn't find him. I think... I don't know, I found this maybe sort of summed Rangers up a wee bit this season where it's just the, that final ball, the final decision-making is just just lacking a wee bit at this point. Yeah, I agree with you there, Kyle. Um, I think I said on the group chat, or I know ruthless enough. Uh, you know, you can even say that going back to the Hearts game there. You know, I mean, uh, obviously the performance was a much higher standard in that game and we tore them apart, but we still weren't ruthless enough. Um, so, same, uh, Kent was okay um, in the moment. In the heat of the moment, you have that passion. You're like, you know, you, you have that expectation. You know, Kent is one of these players that needs to make things happen. Um, and although he was involved in the only really output in the first half, I thought was fashion, even even though um, he was offside and, you know, um, couldn't get in the score sheet. But uh, I thought he was our output in the first half. Um, and Kent was his usual industrious self, but not really creating anything clear cut for me. Yeah, to- totally agree there. It, it was it was a bit frustrating. Um, going to do something I don't normally do here, Dave. And I, during a post match reaction, I'm going to not talk about football. Oddly enough, um, it was round about I think the 15 minute mark. There was a there was a banner revealed in in the away end. I think there was quite a few banners revealed today. Which right. <laughs> you know, I was texting Craig who, who was at the game, and I, <laughs> I think he couldn't believe it the amount of banners um, that were on show. But again, something that's 
maybe met a bit of a, a mixed reaction um, on on social media. I, I mean, I'm in no way, shape, or form criticising Union Bears because I think they do great work at all the games and, and they're a really huge part of the atmosphere. But they they unveiled a banner here that said two trophies in eleven years uphold the standards that matter. And I don't think it was a coincidence that they were singing the the Malik Tillman um, song as well. Um, what what do you think about this banner and is it quite harsh given that, what is it, 13 games and he's won 12 and, and drawn the other one? Um, I think for me, and this, again, this is just my personal view, everyone will have a slightly different take on it, I'm sure, but for me, it just felt unnecessary. Mm. Yeah. So I get, you know, it's probably a bit of a protest because Beale let Partick score last week, as you say. The Malik Tillman song kind of alludes to that, and people will have their own views on whether that's right or wrong. But Beale's won all but one of his games in charge, and even that one was a draw. Um, he hasn't had a chance to win any trophies yet. You know, if this was two weeks' time and we've done something like that in the League Cup final, fair dues, you know, you, you could understand fans having that viewpoint. But I don't know what more the guy can have done at this point. You know, ne- next week's his first chance to win silverware. If he wins it, then that's one for one. <laughs> you can't ask much better than that. Well, yeah. Sorry, one for one without losing a game as well. So, yeah, I just, it felt a bit unnecessary. It felt like it was building a bit of tension that maybe just didn't need to be there. And that that's kind of my take on it. But as I say, I know a lot of people are going to have kind of different views on it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the word unnecessary is, is very apt in, in, in this um instance. And Craig, I'll be dead keen to get to get your thoughts on it, you know, from, from afar because um I imagine you have a different uh out like sort of look at these things, but I, yeah, it was just unnecessary, I think, is the right word for it. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with Dave. Um I I, I think I said in the group chat. Oh, there we go. It's, it's broken the internet because somebody's agreed with you there, Dave. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, that, that's probably fair. <laughs> no, that's fine. I will. As I said, I, I think um, Craig was about to go on and, and, and say very similar to you there. So yeah. we'll wait and, we'll wait and see if Craig joins us back. Um, look, we'll, we'll go on to the, the next wee point here. Um, at 19 minutes, it's a Barisic free kick into the box. Uh, that, that, that finds Tav and it's another long range shot that he has and it's saved by Jamal George um, I think I've written this down because I think more to talk about <laughs> Jamal George than, than anything else I was quite impressed by by him today um, and I, what do you, do you think this is a guy that, that Rangers should maybe be looking at given that we've, we've got a goalkeeping crisis See I think that's hard because um do you know what? Yeah, the guy had a good game today, even at that third goal, you know, he made a cracking stop before Roof eventually put it in the net. But mm-hmm. by the same token, there's a lot of keepers that have a good game against us. And I think you need to see that consistently over many games. Now, I'm not going to say I watch loads of Livy games, but, yeah. you know, I assume our scouts do, and I assume they'd have an idea of whether he is capable of delivering that consistently. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking back the last few games. There's, there's been quite a few good saves. There was, um, I think the Dundee United keeper got quite a few good saves as well. And um, was it not Clark at Hearts? I think saved a few on top of scoring five. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, ke- keepers do tend to come into a game against us purely because they have a lot of shots against them. I think you need to take a more kind of all round view for them just kind of how they play against us or Celtic. Yeah, yeah, to- totally agree with you there. It's um, it's um, it is a difficult one, but I, for what it's worth, I think he's been quite good since he since he came in for Livingston. And you're you're right. I, I can't say to have watched Livingston religiously in and out the 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 SPFL, but um, he just looks a big six. Foot he does six look comfortable, and he's called the size. Huh? 
Yeah, and another thing, I think he actually worked with Bill at, at Liverpool at one point as well. So oh, yeah. we know, know how much he loves a loves a player from <sighs> from Liverpool. Does Bill? Um, but there you go. Good to have you back, Craig. As I said, that's what that'll teach you for for a green with Dave there. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> there we go and listen Scott Mitchell you've absolutely saved my bacon here he's come in saying George is the, the best in the league across, yeah. uh, according to the resident stats and uh, Patrick Kraske so if, if, Patrick, <laughs> if Patrick's saying he's good enough I'll take it you, you know um, what if Patrick says I I'm <laughs> with that. <laughs> that that's it um, look the next point to talk about here Craig comes on uh, 21 minutes uh, it's a uh, Shot tug on Morelos. This is before the penalties awarded. I've I've written a swear word down here. That's how much I said it's a clear <laughs> penalty. Surely um, the ref goes over to check the monitor, uh, and he doesn't do a will Willie column. He actually goes with the the decision that, that he's been made to look at on the monitor. Um, Martin Dale, he looked gutted. Then he looked pleased. Um, but it's a howler from the Livingston defender. Um, if if you're a Livingston supporter. Um, Tav, who, who misses his last penalty, bit of pressure here away from home, steps up and, and it's a really good penalty and makes it 1-0. Great penalty, especially off the back of um, putting one down the middle and being saved there, so um, well, well on Tav to come in uh, and put it away. I, 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 I don't know how defenders think they can get away with this anymore. I mean, it's as clear and obvious as it's going to get. The, the, the referee had literally no choice. I, I, I couldn't catch the rest positioning at the time, but I mean, I could see it for 4,000 miles away. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Um, I, I thought right decision in the end, good penalty. Uh, and we needed it because we were, we were, you know, fumbling for chances at the time. Yeah. Again, I, it's hard to disagree with you there because the, the next point that I've made is I, I'm really, really disappointed um, Dave, that that how long that 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 took to give that penalty? I mean, it was. I mean, that why, why is the referee going over at the monitor for that? Surely they've just got to say it's a clear shot pull, like it's a penalty. End of discussion. Yeah, um, I can't speak for the ref. Obviously, I don't know if there was maybe some Dubai in his mind because Morelos was never getting to that ball, hundred percent, never getting to it. But by the rules of the game. It doesn't get much more obvious than that, you know. Yeah. Um, stupid from the Livy boy, night and day. If the ref can't see that, that's probably a worry in its own right on his positioning. But yeah, you'd have thought Varla takes one look at that and says penalty all day long. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's just it was just so frustrating how how long that took. It should it should never yeah. ever take that long to to award something like that because it. Clear and obvious, and it was clear and obvious. It shouldn't take it. It shouldn't take that long to award any decision because if <laughs> it takes that long, it's clearly not clear and obvious. But in that case, I mean, like you said, I should have just been cut and dry. You know, yeah. There's no debate over that. No, Christ, even a Celtic fan can I say that we didn't deserve that one? Uh yeah. They, well, they can, yeah, they probably can. They will. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't worry. I'll I'll wait for it for my social media to be a wash with why it wasn't a penalty um, later on. Um, that's cool. Uh, so, Craig, the next point here, um, I have said it's a bit of an immediate wake up call for Rangers. Maybe writing this down at the time, writing it down a wee bit a bit hasty, but um, about a minute after we scored that penalty, uh, there was a long throw from uh, Livy, and I think it's the boy Obelai who got his head in the ball quite a lot. Um, today when wins a header uh, and he's he's flashed it right across the box and the boy uh, Penrith who gave away the penalty no idea how he misses, missed that but I was a wee bit worried that, and I thought oh no this is the way the rest of this game is going to go but um, yeah were, were you a bit worried at that point perhaps that, that um, Livingston were maybe going to go on and come into the game a wee bit more here? Yeah uh, I, I just I have that same fear factor um, you know these these set of players, especially the core ones, have, you know, have trust issues, a bit of PTSD over the years. So uh, I think in hindsight, you watch the game back, you you would be a lot more comfortable than, than it looked at the time. But um, I always thought Levy just were sniffing around, you know, they only needed one or two chances to maybe get the game back on level terms. And um, so, I mean, especially longer the game went on, I think we were still 1-0 near the 70-minute mark, or whatever it was, and that's what I was saying at the time, you know, 
people are starting to praise Kentwell and Raskin's performance. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Can we just get the result first and then we can <laughs> review some performances? So I, I did share that sentiment with you. And um, But in the first half, I think we dominated. You know, there's only one or two uh, wee incidents for Livy in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 100%. There was... Yeah, look at hindsight's a wonderful thing after you, you've you've done these things. But uh, yeah, I was a wee bit worried at that point that that that, that Levy may perhaps come into it a wee bit more because we were we were quite going forward and, and quite direct at that point. Um, Dave, I'll come to you the next point. How how did you feel? Uh, Rangers were sort of playing up until the the thirty minute mark because I just felt there was a quite a lack of of directness, a lack of penetration going forward. I mean, there was a few a few crosses, but there was just, there was no clear-cut chances. And, and the, I've written down here, big capital letters, are Rangers overplaying the ball too much? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it was quite telling, you know, before the game even started, Beal had his pre-match interview. He specifically said that we were going to be playing, you know, this game was going to be in the two boxes. Um, I don't think... It was. I think there was an awful lot of build-up play through the middle. Some of it quite nice, intricate, you know, one-touch stuff. But we just mm. never seemed to have the person in the right place in the box, bar obviously the penalty. And I would slightly worryingly suggest that actually the best chance of that half from open play probably fell to Penrice that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was poor from from Rangers from that regards. But yeah, as you said, it's just. I just felt we could have been a bit more ruthless in that in that final third. But uh, yeah, it's certainly something we'll come on to later on in the podcast. Um, Craig, I'll come to you in the next point here. Uh, I know we were talking about this before before we we, we came on, and it's still doing my nothing to be honest with you because we haven't really seen a clear replay of it. But uh, Rangers won the ball in the middle of the park. Cantwell, I love this pass so much. Just the first time, sort of on a half volley, it was it was an excellent, excellent pass to to find the the on running Kent. From my under, I mean, it's difficult to understand because of how late the refs are putting their flags up or the linesmen are putting their flags up these days. Um, but there was no offside, um, and then Kent just gets absolutely cleaned out uh, here <laughs> by the Levy's defender. Just. There's no attempt to play the ball. He doesn't make any contact with the ball. He just takes his legs away from him. How is this not penalty number two for, for Rangers? Uh, I, I don't know what you want me to add to that. For more <laughs> um, that's exactly how it happened. You know, I think what we harped on was, you know, they didn't show the replay. At least they didn't on the feed I was watching. Um, it'd be interesting to go back and watch and see where Kent's starting position was. But what a pass from Kentwell. It was unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I tell you it could have been offside, but there was no confirmation. So n- none of us can actually say for, for sure. Um, but it was a foul. You know, if that's, that's a foul anywhere in the park, it's a penalty. Um, but if it was offside, then it was the right decision. But we didn't get the confirmation. Yeah, but that's the thing about it. I mean, there's been so much discussion around refs, certainly in the last few weeks, maybe not from, from us in terms of putting the pressure on them, but uh, it's decisions like this that make you... It, it's got to be having an, an effect on them because, as you said, if if there was an offside, it was not made clear uh, that there was an offside. Callum C says here, nobody said it was offside and even the linesman didn't put a flag up. So that, that's just why I'm struggling to understand why... Well, the, ref, the ref did. He he made the gesture that, that when he looked over the linesman that it was offside, but, you know... Okay. Seemed a big deal of it. And the Rangers commentators <laughs> didn't pick up on it on the Ranger and on the review. Um, so, but the referee, to you know, to be fair to him, he looked over the linesman, put his hand up for offside, and that's what was given. So we have to go on that. Yeah, yeah. Just it's, it needs to be better. But but there we go. Kyle, um, is there an argument that that's a booking anyway for? Because if that's an off-the-ball incident anywhere else on the pitch, Morelos did that to someone, regardless of whether you know, he was on the ball or not. That'd be a foul, wouldn't it? It'd be a booking. 100%. It's, so, it's, it's, too, it's too inconsistent. Aye, aye. But, uh, yeah, as uh, 555, the rules, please. 
<laughs> yeah, a Tav pen to win the cup would do next week. Uh, yeah, I think we would all absolutely love that. Um, that would be Tav, a... Tav pen based off a no foul would be even nicer. Yeah, just saying. Off, off, <laughs> off of a dodgy VAR decision, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, um, the next week, um, couple of points here. There was six minutes of added time on to the, the first half. I'm assuming because of how long it took to award that bloody penalty. Um, <laughs> But uh, on 46 minutes here, Dave, the, it's a corner. The, the ball finds Tav, uh, finds Kamara again, who uses Cantwell as a sort of wall, um, and, he, and he fires an excellent, excellent uh, shot. Um, uh, and it's another good save by George here. Um, and then there's another direct run from Sakala towards the box. He finds Morelos, who finds Sakala again, but it's well defended. Um, I'd just like a wee word on on what you you thought about Sakala today and and I mean, certainly against Party of Thistle, I thought he was missing because of the directness and, and the width to give us. Okay, he had a few a few duff touches and and what have you, but um, I, I felt that he was was okay. That did, did did well today, but apart did everything apart from getting the score sheet. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, again, Scala, you get the good, you get the bad. Um, if, if a guy with that pace had the touch of Messi, he's not playing his football in Scotland. So um, I think we have to accept, you know, there are going to be times where we'll maybe be a bit frustrated. He'll try to control mm-hmm. it. It won't come off or his first touch will be a bit heavy. But there's times where he just produces moments and you think, God, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, so I think he was a lot better today than maybe the last couple of times we've seen him. I do think we miss him v Partick. I think um you know we had we had slower players in there that are maybe a wee bit more creative, but we're getting quite used to seeing Kenton Sakal on the wings now, interchanging as and when needed, providing the width when needed and being able to run onto balls and in the nicest possible way regardless of his injury, Hadji isn't really one that's going to blast past defenders in a space behind. And mm-hmm. I suppose, to be fair, we were never going to get that space against Partick anyway. I think Livy were sitting quite deep for the start. I think once we got the goal, they sort of came out a wee bit. I'm not going to say they went all out attacks. It's Livy and they don't. But mm-hmm. um, by the same token, I think we did have a wee bit of space, which is ideal for the likes of Sakala to run into. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's certainly something that we need to utilise and it'll be interesting to see. I think the Sakala's a nailed on starter for, for next weekend is, 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 is well. Um, uh, sorry, you probably just saw me laughing a wee bit off off uh, screen there, but it's because I've written down in 51 minutes, we've got a free kick about 25 yards out, uh, and I've written down these words. Um, Tav taking it. Barisic surely has to have a go. Sick of Tav taking free kicks, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Craig, um, I'd just yes. like to get your your overall thoughts on, on the first half and, and, and how Rangers played and for me, I, I was a bit frustrated with with the front three at times. I thought the midfield was it was a bit more solid than than what it was last week as well. But yeah, just just your overall thoughts in the first half as a whole. Yeah, I think Dave touched upon it there. Um, you know, Levy sat very deep. The game was played in their half, bar you know the chance for the boy that we talked about earlier. But um, you know, I think Rangers were, were okay. Um, we moved the ball quite well. You know, it's always that final end product that was letting us down, but it was suggested in the box so um you talk about Sakala he's better with space to run on to right but um you know so he may- maybe had a tough time in the first half because he just wasn't afforded the space and had to kind of battle for smaller spaces but I thought we were okay um relatively comfortable um but it's all about that second goal I feel like this team struggled to get that second and um you know today was no different I know we did in the end, but um, you know, it took took uh, till late on to get it to uh, a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I agree. And and Dave, just your overall thoughts on that the first half as well. Just a bit, I don't know, just comfortable but not ruthless. And I feel like I'll say that about forty five million times during this pod. I think if you want one word, it's probably uninspiring. Yeah, that's a good way to um, it. You know, it's literally like you said, we were comfortable, bar that Penrice chance. There was nothing that really kind of made me think, oh, God, here we go. Um, but 
we didn't necessarily look like putting in the sword either. And as Craig said, you know, that that second goal, it just you were starting to wonder if it was gonna come or if we were gonna be holding out for a one 0 win at Livy. It's not not ideal. I suppose the one thing I will say about the team um is they seem to play to the level of the opposition. And I felt they were a bit like this under Gerard as well, when obviously Beal was one of the prominent coaches. But it seems like, you know, against Celtic, I suspect our levels will go up a few. Um, whereas here, we were comfortable, we did enough, but you still feel like there's a lot more to come from that team. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Dave. That's a good few points there. It was largely uninspiring, but 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 comfortable at the end of the day. Um, Craig, I'll come to you in the next sort of points here. Uh, I found this quite... From about 45 minutes to 65 minutes, I don't really have much written down again. I just, I, Rangers came out, started well. I thought it was a bit more intense. Sakala, who who run, who had a good run into the box, and, and again, he absolutely blasted the ball. It's Jamal George again, who had another good save. Um, but up until, up until this point, it just, I don't know, I, I felt it was Rangers that was making this game a bit of a a slog. I, I don't know what it was today. I wouldn't say that the front three weren't, weren't clicking as such. I just felt that some of the decision-making was a bit poor up until this point. Yeah, maybe. And, um, you know, I think there was no changes at half-time, so it was almost like, you know, more of the same once the second half started. Uh, there was a wee passage I played down the left, and it was you know, Barisic, Kent and Kamara uh, were linking up and kind of going nowhere, and then Kent took the ball Kentwell took the ball, opened up his body and finds Sakala, and all of a sudden we've got a chance. I thought he was unlucky, hit the target, and even when it rebounded, he put it back into the box for any takers. So that was the one that stuck out before uh, the free kick came upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, again, Levy was sitting quite deep, um, so trying to make chances in tight spaces is um, pretty tough. Uh, I think the manager bringing Roof on, he's, he's probably our best player at that um, so uh, and that proved to be correct so again yeah. hindsight's wonderful isn't it <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it um dave pete lawrence makes a wee point here somebody that i definitely want to talk about today um and and craig meant uh, messaged me during the game saying that he felt that, that he was had a particularly good game and it was it was glenn kamara um i, I thought he was very very good today in terms of uh, the last couple of games have been a bit frustrated and when he's got the ball, he turns back, he passes it back or he slows it down a wee bit, um, etc. But but for this, um, he was on it today, he was driving us forward. It was really interesting to see that when, when either Tav or, 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 or Barisic went forward, he just he was the one that was sort of slotting into that left or, or right back position. I maybe expected it to be Raskin at times, um, but yeah, I wasn't Glenn Kamara's performance today. I thought Kamara was good today. Um, I think he's a lot better than he has been the last few games. Um, I would suggest, and people might not like this because it maybe takes away from Kamara a bit, I think Raskin gave him that opportunity to be able to do that. Um, I think Raskin is the key. If you think about it before, so we've had, say, Stephen Davis and Kamara or Lundstrom and Kamara. Mm-hmm. I think Raskin actually gives you, he gives you the range of passing of a Davis, but he also gives you the ability to break up play and to win the ball back of, say, a Ryan Jack or what we've been trying to get Lundstrom to do. And I think that freed up Kamara to go play in behind the fullbacks as and when needed. Mm-hmm. Um I think the two of them make quite a nice combination. It's early days. Obviously, we need to see a lot more games, but those two look like they could play really well together today, and hopefully they bring the best out of each other. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, we've got a couple of opposing comments on that. We've got AG who says Kamara is shocking. You know, it's, it's all about opinion here. I, I thought, I, I think there has been games where he has been shocking this season. I, I don't think today was one of them. And as always, on cue, if you mentioned Kamara and he will appear, <laughs> here he is, Ross. Kyle, I always appreciate Glenn Kamara positivity. What a player. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's because I've been quite quite harsh um, about yeah. him in the last few weeks. Um, but the next chance here, uh, Craig, that we'll come on to talk about was the 65-minute mark. Um, Tav had an excellent through ball to Kent. 
um, who from the halfway line was basically one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Um, I seen a, a bit of criticism, you know, why didn't he take it past the goalkeeper? Why didn't he chip around the goalkeeper? But it's, it's, one of his touches was very, very heavy in here, just outside the box. Um, but it's a good, another good save from, from the Livingston goalkeeper. Um, Kent's got to be doing a bit better here, doesn't he? I, he has to bury it for me. Um, you know, that's he, he needs goals and that's a golden opportunity. I've seen people saying on the group chat, I bet he took a heavy touch. I bet that, that's part of the problem. You know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think he's got to take a better touch because he's clean through and, 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 and he's just got to knock it past the goalie or around him, whatever the case may be. Easy for me to say, sit here. But um, yeah, for me, I think that in terms of chances for open play today, they were few and far between. That was by far our best one from open play uh, that we didn't take. Uh, so, um, I, for me, he's got, he's got to bury it, Kyle. Yeah, 100%. And and I'll stick with you, Craig, on this point. Um, six to eight minutes, Sakala comes off for, for uh, Kamar Roof. I thought it was very telling that, that uh, Beals picked Roof over, over Cholak in this instance, even though... I think Cholak's still our top goal scorer this season. <laughs> or, or maybe Tav might be level with him now. I need to double check that. But um, he's certainly up there. Um, and within about 30 seconds of coming on, Roof shows you exactly what he can do um, from this position. It's Again, it's a, oh, just this pass from Cantwell just, again, had me absolutely watering at the mouth. Um, but it's a really, really good ball through. Um, took one touch and he just, just hits it wide of the post. But again, I think there was maybe maybe a save here, but 30 seconds of coming on, it's exactly what you want round about the 70-minute mark, isn't it? Yeah, his, his movement's the best of all the strikers we have uh, in and around the box, I think. So um, I think before him, Jermaine Defoe was probably a similar kind of player. He'll get you a goal, and uh, we needed a second goal. Um and you know his movement was terrific when he came on. I'm all, he always gives you a dilemma, Roof. You know, obviously when he's fit and available, he's you know a, a, a threat. But I always never know whether to start him or bring him off because um, he's he's a great impact player. Um, so, but if you need a goal, uh, same with Cholak, a top scorer on the bench. But um, Roof, his movement, I thought for that game at that particular moment, it's exactly what we needed. Yeah, 100%. And and Dave, uh, the next point here is on 76 minutes. Uh, Roof has the ball on the outside of the box. Uh, something I don't really associate with Roof is him having quite good good feet. Um, and he did, he had really quite good feet here. Um, I know that I'll, I'll ask you both this question if you thought it was a, was a second yellow card for um, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, yeah, I I thought it was it was quite clever from Roof. It was a wee bit of the dark arts, just sort of leaving your leg dangling there. So just before we go on to to the free kick, um, do you, do you think that was a second yellow, harsh, or or what, what's your thoughts on it, Dave? Yeah, um, so it was on Mionga. Um, That's the one. He was the one that sort of got sent off. I do think it was a second yellow. To be honest, um, yes, there's a bit of cleverness about Roof's play make sure that he has that contact from Omionga. But by the same token, if Omionga hadn't stopped him, he'd have been able to get a shot off on goal. It'd have been a tight angle, um, potentially better feeding it across the face, but he'd have been able to do something with it and potentially create a goal scoring chance. So yeah, I think it is a yellow on that basis. And to be blunt, the guy's stupid diving in like that. You know, you're on a yellow already, you know the risks. Given the ref a decision, I don't know what else you expect, especially that close to goal. So for me, yes. Soft, maybe, but yes, it is a yellow. Yeah, and Craig, what, what do you think about it? Do you think that was a yellow card or do you think uh, do you think Roof's employed a wee bit of the, the dark arts here and, and, and bought a foul, so to speak? You know, I missed the replay on it, and um, so in my bit, my, I seen the initial passage of play, and I thought initially, just given where it was, and and roofs away if he, if he gets by him, that it was a yellow card. But you know, with the replay, I mean, I've heard some people saying that you know, harsh. So um, I'd need to see it back again. But yes, certainly at the time, I thought, yeah, it's probably a booking. I I I, I didn't know the boy was on a yellow card already at that time. Uh, so I just thought. I, it was a booking, but 
Um, it happens, as Dave says, he's given the referee a decision to make, and so um, it, was, it was a bit clumsy from the boy. So, yeah, totally agree. It's I don't know. I, my point, like, see, I love players. Like the, the player I always pick for when I'm talking about stuff like this is Sergio Ramos, and that was why one of why he was one of my favourite players. It's just the absolute shithousery at sometimes is <laughs> winding people up. And uh, like I, I think Rangers at times need a wee bit more of that, just a bit more of the dark arts. And and I'm always keen on on highlighting instances of it. You know, you're right. He, Roof was clever. He had quick feet, dangled a leg out there, and the, the boy was stupid to make the challenge. So so there we go. But that's enough about that part. Um, Dave, after me on Wednesday's pod saying that Tav shouldn't take free kicks and writing in my notes here, it was inevitable that Tav was going to step up and. What a free kick this was. It was right in the top bin. Uh, Caroline here says Tav's free kick was sublime. It really, really was. He just sort of, I've been praising George all, all pod, but there's nothing he can do about this. And he's sort of done him a wee bit, maybe with his eyes, Tav, in this instance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was the same as yourself. Um, I, I don't think Tav's been great recently. I thought in this game, you know, there was bits that he got involved, but there's a couple of times he got done by Penrice. Um, you know, I was a bit dubious despite him scoring the penalty. And then he took that and just made me look an idiot. Um, <laughs> you, you can't really get a better free kick than that. It's one of those that's just inch perfect. Um, the boy died for it went the right way in the end but just couldn't get to it it was postage stamp was what i wrote in my notes so yeah yeah i just you could call it all sorts of names but incredible free kick really well taken um and in fairness to george i don't think many keepers are saving that if i'm being truthful no i don't i don't, I don't think there is many but it was a good free kick and Rangers' uh, second goal of the day through, through a set piece. Um, Craig, come on to you for the next week. couple of points here. On 78 minutes, Morelos comes off for Cholak. Um, and then on 84 minutes, the next point to talk about is the roof goal. Um, Rangers sort of load the box. It's a Barisic ball in from a corner. Um, I think Roof wins the initial header. I don't know if he gets the next shot away. Uh, I couldn't quite. I can't quite remember. I couldn't quite see. Um, but again, the keeper makes a good save. And then in the third attempt, Roof just does what any good striker does, uh, and he just hits the ball high into the net. And yes, yeah, a fantastic goal by Roof. And why we all love him. And if he could stay fit, he would be the best player in the league. I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I think uh, Alfredo was having a poor second half, wasn't he? So I, I was crying out for him to be, be subbed a bit earlier. But um, yeah, I think Tam, the commentator, said that we've got the first shot off, so it must be true. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah. I, I think it was, to his credit. And um, no, it was, a, it was a good finish. And, and again, you know, not many too many chances for open play. I think, um, you know, Roof, I think he had one, as soon as he came on, we talked about shot going past the post and then his next chance, he puts it away. And that's you know, a mark of the quality that he has. Uh, if he can stay fit, he's probably the best striker at the club for me. Um, but um, each to their own opinion on that. But yeah, we needed that. Uh, we need the second goal from Tav, great free kick. And then the third goal, it's just game game over. Yeah, that it was it was long long done by that point. Um, keen to get your thoughts on on Roof Davis as, as as a player. Um, it is it is just frustrating the amount of injuries that he has. But I mean, he showed he showed what he could do today. I mean, he came on thirty seconds, had a shot. You know, he's won as the free kick for for the for the first goal, and then he scored. He, uh, sorry, the second goal, and then he scored the the third goal with a with a really really good good finish. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, you just got my views on Roof. Um, Craig, I, I can't disagree with him. I, I completely agree. He is the best striker at the club when he's fit and on game. Um, it's just unfortunate he's made a glass and won't stay fit because if he did, if, he, we would just romp games. You know, he's, yeah. he's the best striker. He's probably the most accurate, of, I'm sure Patrick or someone can keep me up on that he's really clever with his movement he does he's not quick but he's not slow either 
and I think a bit like we're used to do, he can almost use his positioning to make up for the fact that he's perhaps not as quick as other players. He can pick a pass, he can hold people off. Um, I just wish to God the guy wasn't injured all the time. Um, yeah. And I think that, to be fair, is the only reason a lot of Rangers fans have kind of lost a bit of patience with him. Everyone I've ever seen it freely admits that he is a class act as a player. Yeah, It's just that inability to string together, you know, a good run of games or even a season of games. You did probably a 30 goal season striker right there. Yeah, I know I'm jumping ahead of myself massively here because I'll probably talk about this in Wednesday's pod, but would you start him on Sunday, Dave? Nah, I'd bring him off the bench. Oh, that's a good joke. And Craig, what what you thinking similar? Yeah, no, I said earlier that I have that it gives you that dilemma, but I think you know, Roof's sat there analysing the game today and you can see what he's coming on to. Um so I I would be the same as Dave. I'd I'd, I'd probably start Morelos uh and and then with a view bringing him on, but um, I'm not the manager, so. <laughs> no, that's I think we'd all love to see those uh, the, the 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 knee sliding on the grass at Hamden and, and Sunday because I think we'd all know what that means. Um, Craig, I'll start with you on on the sort of last. Well, we're coming up towards the last few points about the game itself. Um, 87 minutes. Um, JB, I could hear him cheering from from the world, um, because because he made the subs eventually again, maybe a bit longer than than anticipated. But I suppose it was it was only about two minutes before us. We were we were three nil up. Um, Kamara, Raskin, and Kent—they all came off. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about those three um, after we've discussed the game. But James Sands, Scott Wright. And 16-year-old Bailey Rice comes on to, to make his debut for Rangers. Um, it's fantastic to see that guys this young, I mean, you've got to be a special talent uh, to be making your debut for, for 16 at Rangers. Even more impressive um, was that he was playing for the Scotland under-17 squad yesterday. Where, <laughs> was I right in saying that they beat Switzerland 7-0? Am I making that up? So, I mean, yeah, what's your thoughts on on this? I mean, Bill, as a youth coach, he has said he wants to bring you through. He must think highly of Bailey Rice if he's bringing him on at this age. And he looked comfortable, didn't he? Um, And that's always the mark. You're not expecting him to go and score a hat-trick, you know, but he he, he slotted right in. Um, His first passage of play looked very comfortable, made a good pass. And that's, that's... very telling uh, for the boys' confidence at the moment. So great to see. I thought I'm only a fan on the planet. It doesn't look to see you know young talent coming through. So yeah, yeah. Last five minutes, game's dead. Bring on the boy. Um, give him a give him a chance. See what he can do. It's good to see. I think in previous managers, you can set your watch by when they did the subs, right? But Michael Beale um, he, he does a bit of variation in him. But um, but I, I, I was crying out for. I'll, Oh, there we go. So it's gone again. That's yeah. all right. The Texas Rangers gone again. But um, look, Dave, the, the next sort of question was sort of finalising the game. I'd just like to get your your overall, you know, thoughts on that performance, that it was a bit um, frustrating at times. I think we we made it a bit more difficult for ourselves. And I just think if we'd have got some of the decision-making a wee bit better in the, in the final third. But yeah, what was your overall thoughts on, on the game as a whole? Yeah, so... I mean, defensively, we were okay. Um, we didn't have an awful lot to contend with, and I think in most cases we dealt well okay. I did see someone saying Davies wasn't a great defender a wee while back on social media. I'm not seeing it. I, I think he was really well-placed, knew where he had to be. You know, his positioning's bang on. So, yeah, I thought that was good, and I think that back line's probably solidified itself. In the reverse of that, I thought the attack today wasn't brilliant. Um, you know, they got the job done, but there was an awful lot of kind of hesitancy, poor decision-making, as you said. I think what really encouraged me for was midfield. I've seen a lot of folks saying in the comments, midfield will determine who wins the game next week. I do agree to a certain extent, and I'm actually quite happy with what I saw today in that regard. I thought Cantwell got about the pitch really well. He didn't just stay up glued to Morelos. You know, he was back. He was defending when he had to be. Good work, great. 
I think for him, it's probably between him and Tillman who will start. We know what Tillman brings. Um, seen a stat, he's one of the, at the young kids in Europe. He's one of the best for duels and winning the ball back. So, yeah. you know, I think that bodes well along with what we saw from Campwell today. But I'd just like to put in a special mention for Raskin. I'm going to tell the wife or kids, but I love that boy. He <laughs> looks like he is going to be a class act for us. He gets about the pitch everywhere. He's progressive. He wants to play forward. He wins that ball back regardless of where it is on the pitch. So I was actually really encouraged by the midfield performance today, if not the overall performance. But as I said, this team does have a habit of lifting its levels to fit the game. So I think overall, yeah, quite happy with today. Job done um, and some positive signs out of it. Yeah, totally agree with you there. It's it's, it's hard to to not um, agree with, with what you've said there. Um, I just want to there's a wee comment coming in here. Uh, Curry Muncher, he's, he's stoked my eagle a wee bit because I said I see him saying, "I know you're all footballing experts," but he said, "What's the address of the Aberdeen ground? I've a shipment of Liverpool, and I'd like to post it four times a season." It's, Curry, to save you any hassle, see if you just draw a sheet and put a stamp on it. They'll know exactly what you're talking about, so so, so don't worry about that one at all. It's brilliant. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't leave out that comment from from Curry there. Um, but yeah, Craig, just like to get your overall thoughts on on the game before um, before I pick out a few players to and get your man of the matches and stuff like that. But I mean, room for improvement still, but and comfortable but not ruthless that is what i feel i, I keep saying this pod and uh, how, how did you feel about the game as a whole well, i think firstly i'd like to just disagree with curry there i think aberdeen prefer them to go in dry <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that comment aside uh i i think uh job done today um business-like performance you mentioned the word hindsight a million times um you know if you watch the game back, you'll just go, wow, we strolled it, didn't we? So, uh, you know, three points, the result's the most important thing. Totally agree with what Dave says on the midfield, especially what he said about Raskin, allowing Kamara the freedom to go forward. Cantwell, I think, asked one of our guys for the heat map today because he really was everywhere today, right? Um, so I'm happy. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how he brings in uh, Tillman, um, you know, the... the I think you have to play Tillman, I think you have to play Kent. Um, I'd like to see Fashion playing. Um, but it'll be interesting that he's going to play Raskin. Raskin's, I can't believe of, we're nearly at the end of the pod when we're just talking about him. But um, he, he, you can see he's just a level above what we have. And um, he's long may that continue. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the acid test next week, put it that way. Yeah, that that's that. Um, and and I'll stick I'll stick with the Raskin point, um, Dave. But I'll come to you on it. Ag here says Raskin always looks to attack, and John Weir says Raskin is tenacious, like a wee terrier, um, can pick out a pass as well. We've got a star. Um, again, it's it's hard to to disagree with with what's been said there. Um, some of his long passing today really, really, really impressed me. And it's he wins the ball back, head up, and his first thought is is to go forward. Um, maybe a bit early to say I saw I saw the comment on social media a few times like a like a young Barry Ferguson um <laughs> as long as he doesn't share some of the some of the opinions of, of older Barry Ferguson but um yeah what was your overall thoughts in, in Raskin today and yeah I, I think we might we might have a bit of a player on our hands here if he continues I do um I genuinely think Raskin could end up the best player in this league quite easily um <laughs> I think we need to bear in mind this guy. <laughs> yep. I think we need to bear in mind this guy was frozen out at the edge before he moved over. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't played in quite a while. This is him coming back after a gap in games. What's he going to be like when he gets up to speed? One, on the pitch, and two, specifically with this team. Um, you know, Ofer Hill there's mentioned his long passing. I thought his long passing's good, his short passing's good. His duels are good. His tackles are good. He's all over the pitch. Um, all right, it wasn't this game, but if you look back to the Partick game, 
he was almost on the byline when he set up that goal for was it Cholak, I think, scored it. Mm. So he just he gets about everywhere and he always wants to play on the front foot. And he said it when he came to the club, you know, they do the interview and what kind of player are you? And he said all this and it's all the right stuff, but you know, you've heard it before, I'm sure. Eros Gresda said similar on his interview, and we know how that worked out. Yeah, but we're actually seeing it with this guy, and that's what I think's the difference. I, yeah, I'm actually really excited to see, um, one what he's like next season, and two, we touched on it in the group chat a bit, but that's two class acts we've bought in in the January window, which. You know, mm. predominantly is rubbish and you kind of find talent and we ended up with flipping Aaron Ramsey out the last one. So, you know, to to find them, I'm quite excited how this team's going to look if that's the calibre of player they're identifying and going after, to be honest. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very, very encouraging. I mean, what, that's his second appearance in a, in a Rangers shirt and, and I thought he was... He was very good today. Um, we'll come on to our men of the match uh, at, at the end of the podcast, but... Um, there was a point here from RSE 56, Craig. Um, I thought Rask and Kamara played well together. I, I totally agree with that in terms of it's something that a lot of games this season, I felt as if we've been playing with two sitting midfielders, one's played well, another one's been utterly hopeless. But I think they seem to complement each other quite well and they had a, what potentially could be the beginnings of a, of a good understanding in the midfield there. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, when we did the pod the other week there, we picked Rangers' best starting 11. Um, so, and I picked Kamara, but only an informed Kamara. But Dave mm-hmm. made the point earlier that Raskin allowed him the freedom to go and play. Um, and, and so I couldn't agree more with that. I think we talk about the blend. Of what's, what's the right blend yeah. of midfielders? Uh, that's always the conversation. Of course, that's with injuries aside, right? Sometimes changes are necessary due to injury or suspension, but... Um, if they, they they didn't uh, they showed enough today to merit a place in the cup final for me. Um, I, I thought they complemented each other well. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what team he picks. But um, Kamara had a good game today, and normally I'm one of the first ones to say Kamara's cruising. I don't know how many times I've said Kamara's cruising, but and today was one of those games where he very well could have, but he didn't, and uh, I thought he was used to a sniggering away there. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm laughing because I've, I've just seen Dave Cornish popping up in the chat and I was like, <laughs> he's on this pod. I was like, some, somebody's, somebody's uh, imitating you there. Um, but yeah, to, totally agree with you. Um, Craig, I'm going to stuck, stick with you on this wee point here. Paul McGarrigal says, Kyle, on next week, as a as a sitting midfielder, do we go with Jack alongside La- Raskin or Lundstrom alongside Raskin? I think Jack would be better uh, suited next to Nicholas Raskin. What what's your thoughts on that? Or or we, we might not even have a choice <laughs> to be honest with you. But do you yeah. have a preference who, who would be in that that role there, Craig? Uh, you know, a, an on form Ryan Jack is what you want. An old firm match. So in an ideal world, um, you would bring him in. Um, but I don't know. And, and it's hard hard to drop Kamara after today's performance. I just am a bit worried, you know, that he doesn't show up next week and it's kind of a wasted start. But uh, that's the problem for Michael Beale to solve. So we'll see. Um, but yes, I, I, if 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 Jack was bang on form, yes, he'd be in the old firm yeah. cup final for me. But uh, he's kind of hit and miss at the moment, and um, it seems that Raskin and Kamara seem to be the better performers. Lundstrom's Coming off, I'm not sure where he's at. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I, whoever he goes with, yeah, I think we put a trust in Michael Beale. You know, I think he's going to pick the team uh, that he thinks best to win the game. Um, Old Farm game takes on a whole different complexion, doesn't it, from a Livy game? So um, he sees that and uh, hopefully picks the, the right team for the result. Yeah, that's that. Um, Pete Lawrence comes in here and says the Lundstrom and Raskin dynamic hopefully will work well on paper. You know that's got the potential to be to be a really good partnership. But it's I can't two games in that I'm already going. Who's the best player to play alongside Raskin? I don't know what that says about our midfield. So for, yeah, yeah, for, for the early part of the season. But um, there we go, Dave. The sort of last point or the last player I want I want to talk about before we before we wrap things up. Um, we've touched on him on a couple of times here. We've already mentioned his, his really good pass 
um, through for uh, Alfredo, no, Roof, sorry, it was, but it was it was Todd Cantwell. Thought, again, just another good performance. Uh, I think he's settling in, I'll say, um, but a couple of things, he, he was all over the pitch, as you alluded to in that, that heat map earlier on there, Craig. Um, he was he was really good at winning the ball back, quite tenacious. I mean, there was a couple of times for every, every sort of good moment he had, he did tend to have a bit of a a duff thing, you know, a, a few seconds after it. But overall, it was another really, really good, encouraging performance from from Cantwell, Dave. I it was, mate. It was. Um, I think we've touched already. You know, he's always about the pitch. He's always showing for the ball, um, giving that outlet for other players to find. Um, just a point on what you said there about. Oh, okay, so. First things first, the one you said about potentially, you know, having a duff option after doing something good. Yeah. Yes, he did. But a lot of the time, okay, it didn't come off, but you could see what he was trying to do. And it's passes that a lot of our other players just aren't even going to think of playing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, okay, you know, five, six times out of ten, it might not come off. But the other four or five, when it does, it can be the spark that you need just to get into the game. Was he playing further back? Um, I don't think he was. I. This is just my feeling, and again, as Craig said a few times, you know, Beal gets paid the big bucks to make these decisions, but it almost feels like Campwell's got a bit of a free role to kind of move forward and back as he sees fit, to involve himself in the play, to get that link up. And with us going into the old firm, one of the things that I've noticed a couple of times under Geo was um, it's almost like there's two totally separate units. You've got your attack and your defence, and there's no really any link between them. I think Campwell gives you that. I think potentially Kamara can give you that if he partners are asking. Mm. And I think that's really, really vital because we've missed it. And you just end up punting balls aimlessly and... You know, nothing really comes off. So I think Campwell can do that. I think he can drop deep, take the ball, play the pass. Sometimes it might not come off, but, you know, when it does, it's pretty special and it can free up someone to run through on goals, potentially a Kent or Scala, you know, getting that pass and they're through on goal. So for me, no, no surprise he was back a bit. And I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I think maybe drifts in and out at times, but you always get that with that style of attacking player. Um, you know, again, if, if they could do that for the entire game, they wouldn't be at Rangers in the Scottish league. So. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it is an interesting one there with, with Cantwell. Um, I'll, I'll come to you, Craig, the sort of final point of the pod. I think that, that something Dave raised there, and, and the exact the specific instance that I'll talk about was when I thought that Cantwell should have shot in the first half and he tried to play that wee through ball to Kamara, mm. eh, not Kamara, eh, Sakala, sorry. Do you think that it, the, the players in the squad are just still sort of taking a bit of time to get, to get up to his level because as Dave said I don't think a lot of players were maybe I don't I don't think Sakala was expecting that pass but if he was onto it it would have he would have been through on goal. Yeah no good point. Uh he's he's an intelligent player isn't he Cantwell you can see that um he's very mobile he's always available for a pass. Um I thought he had a great game today it was between him and Raskin for my man of the match. Um yeah, you know, it's what, his fourth game or something, so the players are still learning each other, how they're playing. Um, I don't think we've really had Kentwell type of player in the team since Hadji departed, maybe, you could argue. Um, Hadji was one of those players that could see a pass nobody else could see as well, had that intelligence. Um, so I think we've missed that, so it's nice to see it back. Um, but yeah, Kentwell did fine today, you know, as long as he can stay fit. I mean, he's getting clattered. Time. Um, he maybe needs to learn to move the ball quicker because he can certainly pick a pass. Um, but he, uh, you know, a couple of times he dwelled on the ball and he got absolutely clattered. So uh, the last thing we need is another injury to one of our key players, and I believe he will be a key player for the run-in. Yes, it's a couple of fantastic additions. I'm I'm glad that we're talking about the two players in the game that we're highlighting are the other two signings that we've that we've made in the, the January transfer window, and it's hopefully a, a sign of, of, of things to come. Um, Dave, just before we go, I'll, I'll trouble you for, for a man of the match. 
Oh, I was on mute there as well. Aye, Raskin <laughs> for me, mate. Um, Campwell possibly a close second, but I think Raskin just edged it for me. Yeah, and uh, Craig, who, who was your man of the match? Yeah, I'll go with Raskin as well. Hard, hard not to really. I think he showed his quality and uh, really strolled through the game. I don't even think he. I think he's got another gear to find, and maybe we'll see that. Um, you know, in the cup final. Hopefully, we do, but. Uh, can't be all a close second, but yeah, Nico Raskin man the match. Yeah, I agree with the with the two of you there. It's, it, Nico Raskin impressed with his range of passing and his, his tenacity at times to go and win that ball back. John Weir here says Raskin man of the match, Curry Munchar, Raskin as well, and Ofra Hill has got Raskin too. Um, so yeah. Um, that just about sums it up for today. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, there was a comment again I was gonna bring up here. Curry Munchar says Oh, wait, it's not that one. It's about my Kunso water. Um, he says there's no, <laughs> said, there's no way a posh lad like me is drinking Kunso water. <laughs> I can confirm straight from Loch Catron. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but um, just want to say thanks to everybody for, for joining us. Um, you know, the next pod will be tomorrow night with Scott Patterson. I am not sure who the guests are on that one, but as always, it will be a, a great pod. We'll discuss the game uh, and a few other things. Um, but just want to say, if you've not done so already, give us a, a, a like and subscribe. But just want to say before we go, thanks to you, Dave, for joining us. Hi, cheers for having me, mate. And uh, thanks for, for joining us again all the way from Texas, Creek. Thanks, Kyle. It's an absolute pleasure, mate. Right. Thanks, everybody, for watching and joining, and take care. Oh,